What is up? Welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Excited to have you here with us. Fantastic week of football. Some good stuff happening in basketball. Coaches in the NFL being hired. Teams eliminated from the playoffs. Just an awesome week of playoff football. And an even better one ahead. A lot to go over. A lot to discuss today. We're going to jump right in. You know, we've all known someone or do know someone currently in our lives, whether it be from school or work, that was a fantastic human being, just outstanding human being, great leader, communicator, always does the right thing. No one has anything negative to say about them. Work ethic off the charts. But then the production is just not there. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us went through this, whether in college or high school, in group projects where you just have this kid, guy or girl in the group that is just so smart, so bright, great leader, always says the right thing. But when it comes to what what if the rest of us couldn't be here for this project? What if the other two or three of us couldn't help or, or miss school that day? Could they pull this off? And the, the answer is just no. It, it's they don't have what it takes. And it's not that they can't learn it. It's not that they can't get there. It's I don't know what it is. But, it's just, you know, there's a great example, actually. I, who doesn't love Marvel? Who doesn't love Marvel movies? I love Hawkeye, okay? He, he's, a, he's such a sick character. But let the other Avengers have an off day. And I, I know he's got his own comic storyline, but where he does save the day on his own, but in one of those like world-ending events, let the other Avengers have an off day. Is Hawkeye going to save the world on his own, or is he going to be able to pull that off? Is he, is he going to be able to take the weight on his show? Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think so. We all know somebody like that, and I hate to say it because I love this guy so much. That's Dak Prescott. He, he is such a good kid. I mean, he, he just he says the right thing every time at the podium. He leads his team. They all look to him as a leader. He there's nothing no one has anything bad to say about him. Work ethic off the charts. He just puts his head down and moves forward and works his butt off. But he is not a guy, he is not a quarterback that is going to take the Cowboys on his back if Zeke doesn't have a hundred yard game, if the offensive line's a little is a little banged up, if the defense doesn't show up like they didn't this past week against the Rams, he is not the guy to go win a football game. And and teams need that in today's day and age. The Cowboys were in that game even with Zeke not playing well. Even with the defense not playing well. All Dak needed to do was a little bit more, and he just couldn't do it. And he's never really been the type to do that his whole time there. And it's actually crazy. I I want to give a shout-out to Ethan, a good friend of mine, Ethan Kador, who gave me, and I this actual, he actually gave me this idea for this topic and this subject today. Dak reminds me of somebody. And I didn't think of it until Ethan said it. And then he said it, and immediately I was like, that's absurd. That's, that's, I, I'll be honest. I, I didn't, I thought there was no warrant. And then I thought about it, 
and I looked at the numbers and then compared the two players, and it's actually not a terrible comp, uh, uh, comparison. Dak reminds me of somebody. I'm not going to say who yet, but I'm just going to compare their first 48 regular season games together. Now, this is obviously Dak has only played 48 regular season games first three years. This other player, I took his whole first year, which he didn't play the full year. He started 13 games. And then I took three games from last year, which would have been really his fourth year. But I wanted to make it even 48 games. This, this mystery player had... 11,589 yards in those first 48 regular season games. Dak only has 10,876 yards. So this mystery player has beaten Dak by at least three games, you know, worth it. If you do like 250 yards a game, 200 yards a game. Uh, This mystery player had 73 touchdowns to Dak's 67, you know, six touchdown difference. Now this other player had 51 interceptions and threw... 58.8 completion percentage. Whereas Dak only has 25 interceptions through his first 48 games, half the interceptions, and a way better completion percentage, 66.1%. Now, the direct words from Ethan were, he is a more accurate Blake Bortles. Those were Blake Bortles' stats. Okay. And I know this is going to sound crazy, and some people listening are going to absolutely hate this take. But I 100% agree with Ethan. Because look look at the accuracy issues with Bortles. Twice as many interceptions and 8% less completion percentage. But guess what? Dak has the best offensive line in the league all three years. Now, maybe not this year. I think that the Colts might have taken over, but they're still a top five offensive line in the league. Dak has had Des Bryant. And then Jason Witten, they fell off. And now he has Amari uh, Amari Cooper. He's had Zeke all three years. And Zeke has been a beast all three years. And he's had a really good defense. And now this year, a top five defense. Dak has everything. Bortles finally has a good defense. They were great last year. Regressed a little bit this year. He's None of those years that I took, he, he only had Leonard Fournette for three of those games out of the 48. And those were the three games last year. So he's never really had a running back. T.J. Yeldon, so-so, never really had a running back and never really had an offensive line. And he's outthrown him for yards, outthrown him for touchdowns. But yeah, he's a, he has a terrible completion percentage and a lot more interceptions. Okay, that's a lot to do with what's around him and not the quarterback himself. Now, I know I, I, I'm, I, if you watch the game, you can tell Blake Bortles, I'd prefer to have Dak, personally. Like I said, mostly because of the leadership qualities, the work ethic, when you really look at statistics and when you look at them on the field, they're, Bortles is honestly a more a, a better raw talent than Dak. He just doesn't have the pieces around him, and I don't think he has the decision-making. Dak makes way better decisions. He's more a little bit more accurate with the football. But again, a lot of that's a product of Blake having to try to make plays without having a team around him. So, you know, you can disagree with me. You can hate what I have to say. Dak and Blake Bortles are a lot closer together than they are farther apart. Okay, moving on. We're going to start talking about a little bit of, we're going to go to college football. We're going to bounce around to the NBA. And then we're going to go back to the NFL. Uh, but but let's let's go to college football. Uh, we've got some quarterbacks coming out this year. I'm, uh, I really want to look at a few of these. Two, 
I really like, really like. And then the other two are worth a draft pick. Uh, they're kind of getting projected in the first round, maybe late first round, early second round. But uh, I definitely think they're worth a draft pick, but I don't think they're anything too special. But there's two guys in this draft that I think are worth a top 10 to 15 pick. We're just going to kind of look at look at all four of these guys together. Uh, first, you got Drew Locke, Mizzou. He's a, he's a, you know, I've actually heard him compared to Jay Cutler, and I like that comparison. I think he's a little bit more accurate and a little bit less less antsy of a quarterback not not antsy antsy is not the word uh sporadic of a quarterback as as Jay Cutler now obviously he's young and he has a lot of development to do but I think at this age if if you were to compare him and and Jay Cutler at the same age I I think Drew Locke's a little bit uh more calm and 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 a little bit more accurate but he's got a lot of the same qualities he's a big frame six foot four 235 pounds uh really strong arm um it, it doesn't matter where he's throwing the ball to, if it's a 15-yard out, if it's a 20-yard out, if it's a 5-yard out. It, it, the ball is going to get there on time. It has zip on it. Now, his accuracy isn't consistent like Jay Cutler. And the reason that is, I think, is I think he's so confident in his arm strength and where he can put the ball that he will try to fit it in places he shouldn't. And, and that results in turnovers. And he only had eight picks this year, 28 touchdowns. 3,400 yards, about 3,500 yards, and a 62.9 completion percentage. So, you know, moderate stats. Um, but he's in the SEC. It's, t- it's a tough conference to play in, especially this year. A lot of good teams. And uh, he, he had a really productive year. He looks really good. Again, I think this is one of the guys that he, if he's there in the second round, third round, go for it. Don't love him in the first round. Uh, and I would say the same about this next guy, Daniel Jones, Duke, six foot five, 220 pounds. Uh, big frame. He reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. Uh, it doesn't have as big of an arm as Josh Allen, but he uh, actually doesn't really have a big arm at all. He can he can push it down the field, but his arm strength lacks. He 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 lacks that that velocity and zip on the ball. But but he can push the ball down the field. He throws a really nice deep ball. Great touch. Uh, if you need a guy to throw a twenty yard fade, this guy does it better than most in the country um, but if you need someone to throw a 20 yard out or 20 yard comeback he a lot of times receivers are waiting on it but he, he's got really good feet in the pocket really athletic now now that's where he actually reminds me the most of Josh Allen when you watch him run he's got that six foot five frame and he doesn't look fast but he just glides man he glides across the field he is a lot faster than than you would expect, kind of like Josh Allen. Like I did not expect Josh Allen to come into the NFL and rush for 600 yards, lead lead the Bills in rushing. I could see this guy doing that. Um, he's not as talented with his arm, but he is more accurate than Josh Allen. So it's a little give and take. But he can run. Uh, it, it's actually really impressive. I was watching some film on him uh, earlier this week, and and it was actually impressive. It. it it's almost identical to Josh Allen. Now let's move on to the two that I am just ecstatic about. And now there's one. I'm just going to talk about it. I'm just going to talk about it. We're going to start with Dwayne Haskins. This guy is everything teams should want in a QB, especially in today's offense and what's coming. Because the NFL is turning to, to more 
uh, precision passing to more fast-paced, quick-developing routes, throw on throw in rhythm, one, two, three, find your target. Um, and they still ask their quarterbacks, especially the veterans, to, to go through their reads. But if you watch Tom Brady, Tom Brady, he's typically throwing five to six, maybe seven-yard routes the vast majority of the time that are then turning into something bigger because there's there's field to work with for his receivers. Uh, Tom doesn't push it down the field as much as he used to. I mean, they don't even really have a, a, a deep threat anymore with, with Josh Gordon gone. So the NFL is turning into a rhythm offense kind of league, especially for quarterbacks. Haskins is fantastic at this. He will take a two, three, four-step drop in timing, and he will fight. He's very good at reading those fast-developing plays. He has awesome velocity on his throws. He, he doesn't have arm strength that blows you away, but he throws a really good deep ball. Could have some improvement on that. His accuracy is a little wishy-washy on the deep balls, but for the most part, throws a really solid deep ball. And, and again, on any of those deeper outbreaking routes, uh, you know, 20-yard outs, 15-yard outs, he, he gets the ball there, and the receiver's not waiting on it. It, it gets there with timing. Uh, this is my favorite prospect. This is my favorite quarterback prospect coming out this year. I think if the Giants don't take him at six or, or if someone else doesn't jump up ahead to get him higher, which I don't know why you wouldn't, this kid is the whole package. The only thing he can't do, which a lot of quarterbacks are doing nowadays, a lot of these younger guys, is he, he doesn't move super well. He, he can run a little bit, and he's a big frame, so if you need him to pick you up one or two, he's got it. I mean, 6'3", 220 pounds, but he's not a scrambler, and it seems like a lot of new-age quarterbacks can run around a little bit. Uh, not really his thing. He's a traditional pocket passer, but but he is good at what he does. He He can sling the rock. I mean, 4,800 yards this year. 50 touchdowns and eight picks on 70% completion rating. Or I'm sorry, completion percentage. The, he's got talent, and I think he's got the tools to be a very good NFL QB. Now, I saved my second favorite for last because I have the most to say about him, and this is Kyler Murray, just declared for the draft. Could still play baseball. That doesn't mean he's choosing football over baseball. He's got to choose Sometime soon, though, because uh, base, his baseball workouts do start in February, a few weeks before, I believe, the combine. So he's got to make his decision soon, but he has declared for the draft, which means he is eligible. And I think he should stick to it. I think he makes. I, I think that's the right decision. Like with with baseball, you can make more money in the long term in baseball, but it could also take your career three, four, five years to even begin whereas if he if he sticks to football he's it's crazy the, the first day when he declared for the draft I, I tweeted something like uh, I really like the decision I think he's a top uh, you know first round talent but he's getting projected at second third round and what do you know two days later today on, on all these new mock drafts he, he's going in the top 15. Uh, because he, it's just he has too much talent to pass up. I get that his height is an issue. 5'10 is what he's listed on uh, on Oklahoma football, but uh, he's listed at 5'11 in baseball, but then he's also listed on some places at 5'8, 5'9. We, we won't know his actual height until the combine. 
and I get that that's an issue. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that are that short that are great. I mean, they're not, uh, they are exceptions, not the rule. The rule is 6'2, 6'3, 6'4 up. And, and those are your all time greats. But I'm, I don't think height is something you just say, oh, he's 5'10, look at all that talent. I'm not, I'm not interested. Give it a shot. Give him a shot. Now, 4,300 yards passing, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions on 69% completions, completion percentage. That is spectacular. To put that in perspective for you, that's with Oklahoma, very similar to Oklahoma offense that we saw last year. Baker threw 4,600 yards, so only 300 yards more than Murray, only one more touchdown, only one less pick, and 1% more completion percentage. But but then you also got to factor in Baker only rushed for 300 yards and five touchdowns. Murray rushed for 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. I mean, that's why. I mean, it, if you put Baker and Kyler Murray's seasons up against each other, if they happen to be on different pro, with different programs last year, Kyler Murray wins the Heisman over Baker. Okay, and not that Heisman means too much. I mean, you know, it's been hit or miss with, with NFL, with guys that win the Heisman and go on to the NFL to play. It's been hit or miss whether they've been great or not. So not that it means too much, but but if we want to compare him to someone who's winning right now in the NFL, it's another guy they said was too short last year, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Now, Murray's at least two inches shorter than Baker, but but you got to give the guy a chance. His offensive line at Oklahoma is across the board about six foot four is the average. I think they have four guys six foot four, one guy six foot three or something, and. Uh, he didn't see, and he had he had trouble seeing over every once in a while. But but the dude can run. The dude has a cannon. There's no throw he can't make. The, the ball gets there. Absolutely amazing arm strength, and he's generally really accurate. There's no throws that you see that you say, "Wow, man, I can't believe he fit that in there." Like that, that no, uh, I've never seen a throw like that, like you do with you know Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. But but for the most part, you never see throws that are like, what was he doing there? For the most part, you don't see throws like that that, that are just curious throws that just don't that are nowhere near his target. He he's a generally really accurate thrower, and he's good at reading plays when he actually takes the time to read them. Now he loves to run, obviously. He, he's he's an, an incredible athlete. So when he sees any sign of pressure, if he feels any 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 type of pressure, he kind of just turns to the run a little too early, and I think that interrupts his his ability to read. Obviously, because because if you if you just abandon your read and go, you're not you're gonna miss you're gonna miss open guys, and he did it a lot this year. But but that's the thing is you say that you you say he he did it a lot, and he still had 42 touchdowns passing, 4,300 yards, you know. So I mean, once he learns to kind of sit in the pocket a little bit, throw the ball. And then run when you absolutely have to. Uh, I think this kid's worth a first round pick. I mean, w- let's just say we, we all know I like the Dolphins. Let's just say the Dolphins pick him, and then he doesn't work out, and he's just he's just an absolute just it doesn't work out. Draft another quarterback next year. Who cares? You cannot win a Super Bowl without a quarterback. I don't care if you draft one every year. Draft one every year until you find your guy. The Patriots have Tom Brady, and there was a there was a stretch where they drafted like a quarterback every year for five or six years. With Tom Brady, it's not going to hurt you to draft a quarterback. I I really like Kyler Murray. I think he's a I think he's worth a shot. But you know we'll see what happens.
Let's jump over to the NBA. Uh, first NBA segment I've done. Um, it's a story I really like because I really like the player that it's about. Uh, I want to start with this. Uh, if I were to say, and I do believe this, by the way, I know a lot of people won't like this. If I were to say LeBron James is the greatest of all time, and I believe that, I truly do, a lot of you listening would say, whoa, Michael Jordan, no way, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. I get pushed back. If I were to say Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, though that's that's popular belief nowadays, and I think it's kind of un- it's un- it's inarguable, in my opinion, people still argue, whoa, 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 Montana, four for four, whoa, 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 there's a lot of Peyton Manning lovers out there, Peyton Manning, <laughs> there's still even some, whoa, 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 Aaron Rodgers, I get pushback. If I say Mike Tyson is the greatest boxer of all time, whoa, Muhammad Ali, that's a, that's actually a good argument, Muhammad I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali, you could even argue Floyd Mayweather. There's pushback. There's arguments to be had. Now, if I say Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA, I have trouble seeing anybody argue that. I don't think anybody would. Now, you might have here and there some diehard Ray Allen or Reggie Miller fans. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe a Kyle Korver fan out there who did just jump up into fourth place this this week uh, on the all-time three-pointers list. But I, I, I have trouble believing that there are any competent arguments out there that say Steph is not the greatest shooter of all time. It's something that most people would not argue. I think we're all on the same page as, uh, on that. And, and that's hard to do. That's hard to accomplish something to where for the mo- virtually everybody that is a fan of that sport agrees with. So I do want to take a, a, a couple minutes to just look at that, like w- what he just accomplished by moving into third all-time and three-pointers made behind Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. Now, Ray had 2,973, so 2,973 three-pointers made in his career, and that's over the course of 1,300 games even and he shot 40% over his career. That is fantastic. I mean, and he's from the era that 38, 37, 36, 35% was really good. Like, those are your your clutch three-point shooters. Reggie Miller, 2,560 three-pointers. So he's about 400 behind Ray Allen in a, in a few more games, so 1,389 games, and he shot 39.5%. Again, from an era that 30-plus, 30 32-33-plus 30 was, you're a good three-point shooter. Almost 40%. Reggie Miller, no doubt, one of the best all-time. Steph Curry, in half the games, has 2,313 three-pointers made. He is only 600, 660 behind Ray Allen in the first place spot again in half the games and he's also shooting 43.8 percent over his career now to put that in perspective for you Ray Allen in his 18-year career had seven seasons that he shot 41 percent or or more 
Reggie Miller had six seasons in his 18-year career that he shot 41% or more. Steph Curry has now been in the league for 10 seasons, and as long as he maintains his current his current shooting percentage, he will have all 10 seasons above 41% from the three-point line. Excuse me? <laughs> this is like this is like a quarterback you know throwing 75% plus every year of his career 75% completion percentage every year of his career or or 10 years straight you know Th- this is absolutely absurd and and remember back in 2016 2017 when we thought Steph had an off year because the year before he made he was the first person in history to hit 300 threes by hitting 400 threes. So he was not only the first person that year in 2015, 2016 to hit 300 threes, but he was also the first to hit 400 threes with 402. The very next year, he hits 324. So he's only the second person to hit 300 threes. He hit 324. And we were like, Steph had an off year. (laughs) That's how good Steph Curry is at shooting threes. We thought 324 was, "Mm, eh, he could have done better. Just some more crazy stuff. I'm gonna honestly, this is just a segment for me to throw out stats about Steph because he is just he's mind-boggling. He is number one, number two, number three, number five, and number eleven on the three pointers made in a season list. So that's the top twenty. He is number one, two, three, five, and eleven. This season at thirty, his tenth season, he's shooting forty-five point nine percent from the three-point line, which is his statistical best season of his career. And he has made 184. That's second to James Harden, who's made 199. However, so let, let's do the math here. Curry has 15 less three-pointers made this year than James Harden in, I believe it's seven less games, and on 130 less shots. James Harden has taken 130 more three-pointers than Steph, and he's only leading him by 15 points, or by 15 made three-pointers. Harden's shooting 37%. Steph's at almost 46%. It's just... I don't understand. I I don't... That is so hard to do. He is on pace to take the throne from Ray Allen in two and a half to three years, which would, at that point, he he would have roughly 871 games under his belt, and that would be 400-plus less games than Ray Allen took. Now... You you could say you know, three. It's different. It's a different league. Steph's you know Steph's averaging eleven attempts this season. Eleven attempted threes per game this season, no doubt. Threes. Are, it's the name of the game. The game has definitely changed. If you cannot shoot threes, you can't win a championship. If you can't th- shoot threes, whether you're a, sm- a a point guard or a big, you're almost you're you're almost unusable in the NBA at this time. I mean. It doesn't matter what you are. Now there are obviously there are times when when teams need a big to defend the rim, but it's you're almost useless if you're a big and you can't shoot threes at this point in the NBA, and it's sad. But that's the way the game's going. It's really fun to watch. I just think there's a lot of talent that's not able to contribute at this point right now. But anyways, I digress. Uh, it's just amazing. I, I I can't even fathom what his final number will be when he retires, assuming he stays healthy. But even uh, God forbid, I don't I don't wish 
any ill health on him. But but even if he does get a little banged up here and there for the rest of his career, he's going to shatter Ray Allen and he's going to set an astronomical number. And it may be, when we look back, the most absurd sports statistic of all time. And I'm not exaggerating. It might sound like hyperbole and it might sound kind of silly for me to say that right now. Let's see if he plays an 18-year career like Ray and Reggie. Let's see where he's at in eight years from now and see what that number is. Because he, he's going to hit, if he, if he stays anywhere close to this pace, he's going to hit 3,000, 3,500, maybe 4,000 threes. And I just, it may be one of those stats that's like, all these crazy sports stats are crazy. That's the one that will never be touched, will never be sniffed. Steph Curry, congratulations. I don't know if we'll ever hear this, but just getting to watch him do this is an absolute pleasure. All right, moving back to the NFL brings us to our final segment of the day. One of my favorites, when I pick the playoff games for this weekend, I am so excited for these games. And the reason I'm so excited, it's it's funny. I look at these games and I start deciding who I want to pick. And the, the harder it is for me to pick, the more excited I am for that game because I know it's going to be a good game and it's going to be just fantastic. I have no I have my picks here and I'm gonna make them I have no idea who who's gonna win these games I'm just giving my absolute best guess so here we go we're gonna start with the Pats at the Chiefs now we're gonna kind of stick with our our little thing that we've been doing I've been looking at the past four to five games um, that's what NFL teams NFL front offices they, they don't look at the season as a whole they typically will break the season up by four games five games and, and look at what are we doing now because teams look extremely different from September to December and January. So we're going to take a look at the Pats. Last four games, they are 3-1. and one. They are averaging over 28 points per game. And just going back to this past weekend with the Patriots playing the Chargers, Tom Brady looked flawless. Okay, he was on fire. He looked it was the best football he's played all year, and it's scary because playoff Tom is just a different beast, and he, he usually looks like this starting in November, maybe mid-November to early December and through the playoffs. He looked different, okay, and, and a lot of people started selling on the Patriots. They were, and that's why you saw, I don't know if you saw Tom's post-game interview. He was upset. He said, I know a lot of you think we suck. Blah, blah, blah. We can't win any games. He looked different. And now we're in the playoffs, and he looks like Tommy Terrific again. It's it's frustrating for me as a Dolphin fan, but it is it's amazing to watch as a football fan in general. And he just looks really good. Not to mention this offensive line allowed zero sacks against a Chargers team who just sacked Lamar Jackson seven times last week. Zero sacks allowed by the Patriots, and they, they only hit Brady twice. I mean, they kept him up, they kept him firing, and he had a fantastic game. Sony Michelle, huge part of this game. He can be a workhorse. If, if the Chiefs come out like they did last week and their defense looks really good like they did last week, they can hand the, the ball off to Sony Michelle if the passing game is not there. 
Because I'll tell you this, the Chiefs are not going to stop the entirety of the Patriots' offense. Something's going to be there. If Tom can't get it done, which I have trouble seeing, they can hand the ball off to Sonny Michelle 25, 30 times, and he will get yards. He's a hard runner. He's He looked good last week. He is a he's the definition of a workhorse running back. They've their defense has only been allowing 15 points per game in the past 4 games. Their defense looks really good. It's been quietly dominant over the past few games. So I like what they're doing now. I kind of said this last week with the Colts. You're not going to stop the Chiefs. It's it's not going to happen. But it's still encouraging that you'll at least the Patriots should be able to slow them down. The Patriots should be able to be a speed bump of sorts to where the Chiefs can't just go 120 miles an hour. They're going to have to slow up a little bit. Kind of bad part about this Patriots team. They are 3-5 and five on the road this season. I don't like that. The Chiefs are 7-1 and one at home. They're traveling to Arrowhead. That's a tough statistic to overcome because the Pats are so good at home and they're just not on the road this season. And the Chiefs are very good at home, and that's a tough stadium to play in. It's very loud. Now, it's going to be cold. It's not going to be much. It's not projected at this point to be much colder than what either team faced last week, which is 20s. It may get into the teens. I guess at kickoff, it's supposed to be around 12 degrees, but it's supposed to warm up to about 20, which is pretty close to what both teams played in last week. If the weather is really bad, like they were projecting it to be earlier this week, they were calling it an Arctic blast where it was going to feel like negative 15. I actually really like New England in this game, if that happens. Because what does Bill Belichick do the best as a coach? He takes away your your best weapon. Well, the Chiefs have a lot of them. But if it's that cold... Tyreek Hill is not going to be able to run like he normally does. It's just, and it has nothing to do with his skill. That's just, that's science, dude. That's, that's cold. So if the weather's taking that away from the Chiefs, now he'll still be effective. He'll still be a good player. But if he, if it, if, it, if it's taking away his electric burst, the Patriots just have to, have to focus on something else. And, and that could be get Pat Mahomes, you know, because, now your your focus isn't on three, four, five different players. It's now only on you know Travis Kelsey. It's on Pat Mahomes, and that's about it. I mean, Damian Williams looks good, but but I mean, I don't know if he can take the team on his back. So you go from three, four studs that you have to watch out for on this team. You take away their speed guys in this in this weather. Now I don't think it's gonna be that again. It's projected to be about 12 to 20 degrees somewhere in there throughout the course of the game. So let's go over to the Chiefs. They're 2-2 two and two in the past four games. They're averaging over 31 points a game. Just absurd. Uh, three of those four games that they're averaging 31 points a, a game were against really good defenses. The Seahawks, Chargers, Colts. They have Pat Mahomes, who is probably the best player in football this year. That's saying a lot because there were a lot of good players in football this year, and Pat Mahomes has just been terrific. Chiefs O-line looks really good, and Damian Williams looks good. Again, I don't know that he can take it. If Pat Mahomes is struggling and their speed guys are kind of taken out of the equation, I don't know that Damian Williams can win the game for him, but he has been over 100 yards twice in the past four games. 
and he looks like a really good replacement running back. Now, he doesn't catch the ball as good as Kareem Hunt did, but um, but he's a very good runner in between tackles. He's got some speed, and he's got some power. Um, the Chiefs' defense allowing almost 21 points a game, that's not terrible. It's not great. It's kind of just middle of the pack, and, and I, w- I would guess the Patriots, depending on the weather, will score more than that. I think this will be not a shootout, but it will be a uh, higher 20s, maybe low 30s game. Last time it was a 43-40 game. Patriots win at home. That's another thing is it's hard to beat a team twice in a season. Patriots crush the Dolphins this year and then go to Miami and and lose, you know. So, I mean, it's just it's hard to beat a team twice, even a bad team. So, especially the, the, the best offense in the league and the third best offense of all time is going to be really hard to stop a second time. Well, not so much stop, but it, but beat. Uh, again, I said it, Chiefs 7-1 at home. That's in their favor. And they just have a better roster, okay? They just have an overall better roster. Defense looked really good last week. Offensive roster is absurd. Patriots roster is a little getting a little older. Uh, again, <laughs> such a tough pick. If the weather was projected to be worse, like it was earlier this week, I'm taking New England. It is not. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. And I think they go to the Super Bowl. I think Pat Mahomes has a really good game. I think Andy Reid finally gets to the big one. Going on to the Rams at the Saints. The Rams in the last four games, 3-1, and one, averaging almost 33 points per game. It's just <laughs> when you're averaging more points per game in your last four than the best offense in the league, that says something, <laughs> especially with your quarterback, Jared Goff, not playing the best football he's played this year. That just shows you how good Sean McVay is. Gurley and Anderson were absolute freaks last week. Gurley had 115 rushing yards. Anderson had 123 rushing yards. What a pickup Anderson was. I mean, Gurley goes down, and they get a running back that now every team in the league is like, what? Can we run that back? <laughs> I mean, good gosh. there Anderson is, I don't know if you guys watch him on the screen. He he looks like he put on some weight, but he packs a punch, and he's still got a quick first step. He's fast. If the Rams can stop Michael Thomas, I think this game is somewhat easy for them. Michael Thomas has really been the only player lighting it up for them. Uh, Kamara's been fine, but not great. Ingram's kind of just been a four or five yards of a, a run back, which is fine. Again, nothing great, but Michael Thomas has been kind of Breeze's guy. I mean, clearly last week, 12 catches for 170 plus yards. If they can, if they can key in and have Marcus Peters or or Akib Talib, I don't think they'll they'll shadow him one or the other. I think they'll just let him come to their side. But if they can stop him, I think this game will be a little easier for the Rams, and, and I think uh, they won't really have any points in this game where they're, they're uncomfortable. But Michael Thomas is a lot to handle. The Saints are 4-0 and in their past four games. Now, I took out their loss with Teddy Bridgewater as their starter. They were resting some guys, so I did take out that loss, so I I did not count the Week 17 game. But 4-0 in their past four games that their starters have been intact. They're only scoring 22.7 points per game in those four four games. That's not 
the Saints were used to seeing this year. Saints were scoring a ton of points this year. So that that's concerning. Um, Drew Brees looked different later this season, and then the past two games he's looked really good. So he started to look look a little a little different from Drew Brees, maybe a little bit of a little bit of aging, but but the past two games he's kind of turned around. He looks re- he looked really good last week after the interception, obviously. Um, but he he led him back to a victory, and, and he looked good doing it. The running game was better last week. Kamara only had 71 yards, and Ingram had 53, but that's over 100 yards and over 120 yards, actually, and that's good. You need that in the playoffs. You need a, uh, something to change up the pace. You need something to keep DBs and linebackers honest. You can't just have them drop them back into their zones or their man coverage immediately. Uh, but th- they could do more, definitely. Now, I know Kamara is, is a little bit more electric in the passing game, but but we need they got to establish a running game. Especially against this team, this team has studs on defense. And Dominican Sue, Aaron Donald, they're going to be coming after Breeze. They've got uh, Dante Fowler from the Jags, who looks like a really good addition. He is fast and physical. He, he's looked really good the past few games. And then Marcus Peters and, and Akeem Talib, Lamarcus Joyner in the DB. Now this is the craziest defense. It has so many stars on it. Just just studs. And they just don't. They haven't looked great together. I don't think they've gotten it get not gotten it together yet. But when you have that many stars, still, it's it's hard hard to beat, especially a team on offense that hasn't been playing at peak performance for for a little while. Now, a a pro for the Saints is their defense. They're only allowing sixteen points per game in the past four four games. And if you take away, which obviously you can't, but if, if you look at the Eagles, the Eagles started hot. If you take away their first two drives, which were both 76 yards for a touchdown, 75 yards for a touchdown, take those away. After that, the Saints only allowed 99 total yards of offense. That's total. That's not rushing. That's not passing. That's total. And no points. Nothing. So their defense is hungry. They're they're dialing in, and I, they just started you know, I don't think they expected Breeze, the most accurate quarterback of all time, to underthrow a wide open Ted Ginn Jr. And I didn't I don't think their defense expected to get on the field that quickly. And then the next drive, Breeze went three and out like boom, boom, boom. Defense on the field again. They did not expect to start that way. Threw him off. And it resulted in fourteen points. After that, nothing. Ninety nine yards, no points. Defense looks really good. Now they did lose Sheldon Rankins, their interior defensive lineman. It's a big loss. He clogs holes and gets some pressure on the quarterback. It's a really big, big loss, and I think that could have a play in this, especially going up against guys like Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson coming up. They're, they're going to be running off tackle. They run to the outside a lot too, but with C.J. Anderson coming up the middle, he's a load, and without Sheldon Rankins, that's going to be hard. Now another pro for the Saints, 6-0. and Sean Payton and Drew Brees are 6-0 and at home in the playoffs. Huge advantage. The Superdome's a tough place to play. However, it's kind of the same reason I went with the Chiefs. I just love the Rams roster. And I I think the coach and quarterback combo for the Saints is much better. But McVay is a wizard, and I think he's going to find a way to get to his first Super Bowl in his second season as a coach. I'm going with the Rams. Now, let me just give a little bit of a <laughs> of 
some backstory to this game, I will be actually rooting for the opposite. It's not like I'm doing this to, oh, I picked these on the show, but no, I'm rooting for the opposite, so I'm always right. It's not that I made my picks. This is what I think is going to happen. I think the Rams and Chiefs will win. I think we're going to have a Rams and Chiefs Super Bowl, which is a rematch of possibly the greatest football game in NFL history, which is this season. I think it was week 11, week 10, whatever it was, Rams against Chiefs. Bizarre shootout. It was just so fun to watch. I think we're getting a replay of that in the Super Bowl. However, I will be rooting for a Drew Brees, Tom Brady Super Bowl because it doesn't get better than that. Two of the all-time best quarterbacks in league history going at it in the Super Bowl. But I, I just can't go with it. I, I, I'm going Rams Chiefs. That does it for today's episode of Take It or Leave It. I have nothing else to say, so therefore, you can take it or leave it. Have a great one. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a great and safe weekend. Enjoy.